0: Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you decided you wanted to do a new exercise routine this year? Maybe decided it's time to get out there, go walking or jogging or really get back up on your feet and then realize when you do that your feet hurt? How do you know if you're wearing the right shoes? And and if you're not, what can you do about it? Well, today I am joined by my podiatric expert, Dr. David Yee. He is a podiatrist here in Honolulu. And we're going to talk today about what are the common causes of foot problems and what should you do about them and how urgent is it for people to go out there and really take a close look at their shoes? Because I think a lot of what happens on our feet, David, has a lot to do with us thinking we have smaller feet than we do. Well, so thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you. There's a lot of different problems going on. A lot of people are stuck with wearing bad shoes. Oprah once said 80% of all women are wearing the wrong bra size. Well, I think it's, a fair, amount, it's fair to say that 80% of all people are wearing the wrong shoe size.
0: Why is that? Do you, like, get stuck thinking, okay, I have a size whatever foot and it's always going to be the same? Or is it because shoes are, you know, sometimes they'll say different clothes will have a different size based on the designer or the manufacturer. Does the same thing happen with
1: shoes? It's a little bit of both. What happens is there are no industrial standards as far as what constitutes size and And So as a result, every company makes shoes according to whatever their internal guidelines are. But another problem also is that uh, there's a lot of pressure, economic pressure, on the companies to cut corners to save costs. And they do things – and a lot of times companies will save money by not making widths or even removing half sizes and doing various other things which – is, which helps the bottom line, but also gives you, less, gives you fewer options as far as finding a useful shoe that fits.
0: So like years ago, way back, maybe the Middle Ages, I'm not quite sure when, <laughs> people used to have shoes that were made specifically for them. I mean, there wasn't this sort of manufacturing of shoes. Absolutely. It would just be like, you know, oh, let's measure you for your shoes and you get these custom shoes. We've moved so far away from that. Do we need to go back?
1: Well, it, 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 would be, it would be wonderful if we could. But the problem is that shoe manufacturing is a very, very tedious, arduous, difficult science, uh, science and art. And what's happened is it's actually more the, in the realm of the artisan instead of what people need for footwear. I mean, and and unfortunately, people need it on an industrial scale in order to get the numbers they need. And unfortunately, while you would always love to have something artisanal and made especially for you, it's not really a practical proposition nowadays.
0: So what can you do? I mean, I guess if you... How do you know first that your shoes are not good for you? And that to me just seems like, oh, your feet hurt, so that'll tell <laughs> you. So then what can you do about it? Are there inserts? Are there things that people can consider certain brands that are good for certain types of feet? So so first, how do you know your shoes don't fit other than your feet hurt? And and then what do you do?
1: Well, there's a there's a couple of rules that fast and easy rules that I believe in. One is that you should consider buying your shoes only in the afternoons. At the end of the day, f- people don't realize that their feet swell about a half a size, about one width between morning and afternoon. And uh, you may, when you add on top of that eight hours on your feet, nice salty lunch, various other things going on, and all of a sudden your feet are a lot bigger than what you started with when you first climbed out of bed in the morning.
0: So don't go buy skinny small shoes in the morning no. thinking that's great. Because that's not going to fit you in the afternoon.
1: Exactly. And then I also make sure, ask patients that they sh- patients to think about buying shoes that are a little bit longer than their foot. Um, it's called the rule of thumb where you basically you want a thumbs-width of space or a half an inch beyond the end of your toes. Um, and you also want to make sure the shoe is wide enough. The way to do that is when you put on the shoe, you should be able to wiggle your toes. I also tell patients they should never get talked into buying things, buying shoes that are and being told to break them in. So a lot of times salesmen are, you know, they're, they're, they're in it for the sale and, and the commission. So they will tell you whatever they have to to make the sale. And what will oftentimes happen is they'll, the patients will be talked into buying a shoe that doesn't fit, but it will get better once they, quote, break them in, unquote. I'm a, of, the, of the opposite opinion. It's like if a shoe is even bothering you, even just a little bit, it's going to get worse.
0: So there really is no quote breaking it in.
1: No, I, I, I'm a firm believer that a shoe should be comfortable the moment you put it on, until the moment you throw it away.
0: So if you're, you know, and it's funny because as you said that, I found myself wiggling my toes. <laughs> so as as let's say you find a. a shoe that really works well for you yes so you should find one that's comfortable don't just pick one size try on a bunch of different sizes how do you know the actual size of your foot and does that change as you get older
1: well that's all it, it is a bit of a trial and error now in the old days we used to have what's called a brannock device you know those i, I remember you, that yeah you know a lot the of weird our metal our, thing yeah, yeah with a yeah, little yeah. with the little slide things mm-hmm. on it now the thing is it's the most accurate means we had for measuring shoe size, but a lot of times companies have stopped using them because they consider them obsolete. But the problem is nobody's ever come up with a good alternative. So as a result, you know, the, the guidelines I've suggested are the only option other and, – and because the Brannick is not in favor anymore, a lot of times if you buy according to what you measure on a Brannick, it's not the not right size anyway anymore. because sure. the shoes are different. So it's a good starting point, but don't be surprised if you go a little bit bigger or even a little wider.
0: And as you get older, do your feet expand a bit? I've noticed that I have a lot of patients who will come in and say, you know, I used to wear a narrow or I used to wear a regular, now mm-hmm. I wear a wide. And I'm like, well, lots of things change when you get older, just, just go with it. Is that one of those things?
1: That's exactly what happens. A lot of times people's feet, people's feet expand roughly half, and, half a size. No, excuse me. About half an inch in length and about one width. Every couple of years, it's it's not it it's not always the case, but a lot of times it does happen, and it's made worse by things like arthritis, um, activity level, uh, age, various uh, and various health conditions. So it is not uncommon for people to have a bought a shoe three or four years ago, and then all of a, and then fit it great, but then all of a sudden it's not doing so well.
0: So then they have to find some other type of shoe.
1: It's usually a means, if your shoes are hurting, it usually is nature's way of telling you it's time to go into a better sh- and to go into a new shoe.
0: A new shoe, whether it be a bigger size or something that gives you flexibility. Now, for some folks who, whose feet swell during the day, they may want something adjustable. So they may yes. want to look towards something with a velcro or with a tie or something that they can put on and adjust that that security of their foot in that shoe based on you know the size of the foot.
1: That's that's absolutely correct. Um, but uh, laces and velcro and buckles also have a bit of a disadvantage, though, in that people have to be able to get down to their yeah. feet and they have to be able to adjust them. So unfortunately, some people will also go with the slip-on styles for for comfort and ease of use. One thing that will help, though, if you do decide to go that route, is you may want to consider going into a, a slip-on which has v- side vents on it, which will allow for the shoe to so, sort of do an accordion kind of job and give you a little bit of adjustment as your feet swell.
0: So you have that flexibility, literally. Yes. The flexibility as the day goes on. Yes. You know, I'd always say if you have trouble bending over, don't get a shoe that you can't bend over and adjust because then, God forbid, you fall and break a hip. (laughs) I mean, then it doesn't matter what shoes you're wearing because you're not walking until your hip is fixed. So you do need to be careful. There are certain brands that tend to be better than others, depending on your foot condition. So so certain, you know, a lot of people will want to go to shoe stores, and I am just a guilty, guilty person. Of years ago, and I when I remember when I was young, I would go to Payless because I could buy two pairs and, you know, buy one and get one uh, half off or something. And those were the worst shoes. I mean, the ones that I picked, not all their shoes are bad, but the ones that I picked tended to be the ones that made me think they were so cute, and they were just so not good on your feet. So, so there are certain kinds that are designed for comfort. Should people go looking for those types of shoes, the ones that are either orthopedically designed or have some sort of, some sort of comfort focus? And, and how come those aren't so cute?
1: Well, I've always lived by the opinion if the shoe fits, wear it. Um, if the box fits, you wear it. The problem is a lot of times is that people have a are, – are we are creatures of comfort. We live in our comfort zones, and a lot of times people are kind of used to wearing stuff that doesn't fit right, simply because they're used to it and they don't know they don't know the difference. Um, a lot of times, I'm just of the opposite opinion. Sometimes you have to go a little bit outside of that box and try something a little bit roomier, and it, it's going to feel strange because you're not used to it. But it, give yourself a, a chance to wear it a little while and see how it feels. And then you you probably would be pleasantly surprised.
0: I'm always ready to be surprised. (laughs)
1: And (laughs) and I'm always ready
0: for comfortable (laughs) shoes. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. We're here in the studio with Dr. David Yee, podiatry expert. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the purpose and when should you consider orthotics. Should you get custom ones? What about the ones that are on the the store shelves? And how do you know you need one? And what can it do to help you? We'll be right back after this quick break. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to St. Andrew's Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma
1: Preschool.
0: Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, here with Dr. David Yee, and we're talking about issues with feet. So we know that you get a pair of comfortable shoes, get them a little wider than you think, because if you bought them in the morning, your shoe, your foot's going to get bigger and your shoe's not going to fit. If you buy them in the afternoon and they fit, good idea. Now there are some ways you can sort of customize per se your shoes. And a lot of times you'll see some of these shoe inserts. You know, they'll have either orthotics you can get from an office like a podiatrist like yourself, where you can get These different types of cushions you can put in your shoes that, you know, Dr. Scholl's variety. I'm always intrigued when I go to that section at the pharmacy and I go, oh, look, soft cushion gel insoles. I want those. They always promise you like happy feet at the end of the day. I'm like, I want all of these. Do any of those things make any sense?
1: Actually, they do. People, I'm a firm believer that if it hurts, don't do it. On the other hand, if it feels better, it's okay. A lot of times, the -the over-the-counter things are made for a general amount of the population. It's
0: like a one-size-fits-all, which may not fit you. Fits most. May not fit you. Right. Okay.
1: And a lot of times, people will do okay with them. But my response is oftentimes, if those don't help or you're still hurting, you probably need some professional help and maybe something that is a little bit more individualized for you
0: so how would you create an individualized type of shoe insert
1: well it does and again it you don't have to go into something that's custom made either um simple things like sometimes some of the insoles can be modified with with uh, excuse me with wedges or pads um they can also be you can also have pads cut and put into the shoes as well um there are a number of prefabricated art supports which are available. And if none of those work, then custom made can often be considered. The reason I, I say I, I do it in steps a lot of times is because, because for the most part, health insurance doesn't cover art supports of any kind. So therefore, it's an out-of-pocket expense for the patient. And it's a question of what does the patient need versus how much the patient can afford.
0: Very true. Sometimes you need a variety of different options. And if you can find something that works for your shoe, get it. And if you can afford something customized, great. But you might be able to find something over the counter. So what are the common we've mentioned arch a couple of times. You know, I have a lot of folks who come in with severe heel pain. And, you know, it's worse when they get up in the morning or when they're if they haven't been moving for a long time and they get up out of a chair. Is it good to take a look at some of those heel cushions? Is it really their shoes that are a problem? How do they know the issue is external to their foot versus more of an internal foot problem? Like people have heard plantar fasciitis and heel spurs. So, how do you make the difference between my shoe will fix me versus there's something else going on?
1: Well, I don't, I personally think that a piece of footwear on your feet is good no matter what, to be honest. Um, I think one of the major causes of foot pain are people running around in bare feet. Mm. Especially, you know, unfortunately, we're civilized. We love living in houses with concrete sidewalks, asphalt garages, uh, ceramic tile entryways, a lot of very hard, unyielding surfaces. And it's us against the feet. It's our feet against these surfaces. And unfortunately, our feet lose.
0: So... Making sure, you know, I've often told people, have an indoor pair of shoes that, you know, nobody wants to track the outdoor dirt into the house. So have a nice pair that you can wear in your house, particularly if you've got tile floors or a hard surface.
1: Well, but the problem also is that culturally in Hawaii, nobody likes wearing shoes in the house. So a lot of times we'll recommend things like sandals or, 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 or um, you know, just... Maybe your slip-on's there. Yeah, or slippers or or various other types of things, maybe not a full-on covered shoe. But if your symptoms don't, well, if your symptoms get worse even with slippers, then it does mean you may have to step up to a shoe and an art support.
0: And if you do wear that in the house and it helps you, then go with it. Yes. And if you wear that in the house and it doesn't, at what point does someone need to do further investigation of their foot and what else can be done for it?
1: Well, if you're still hurting, even with simple over-the-counter things or, you know, if you've looked at WebMD and all these things and tried these things, if if you're not better, then you definitely should have some help. Unfortunately, foot problem, foot pain is very persistent. It keeps coming back if you don't take care of yourself. And sometimes you need some professional care.
0: So if I were to send someone to you for that type of professional care – I've heard sometimes people get injections or they can do other types of treatment to their feet. How, what is the, uh, it's kind of funny, what is the stepwise, speaking of steps, what is the stepwise way that you take a look at these things? And, you know, I know that a lot of times this is something that people, if they exercise more, lose weight, this will help. The problem is that if they want to lose weight, but they can't walk to lose weight because their feet hurt. You know, I guess ride a bike. I mean, I'm I'm just not sure, sure what else they can do to help themselves.
1: Well, I personally feel that if you can be made comfortable, you can walk. And if you walk, you can lose weight. And so if you a, get
0: the right shoes, then and, you walk well, then the weight will come off and your foot will feel better.
1: Absolutely. Um, and as far as which way to go, as far as treatment, it usually depends upon a variety of factors, you know, Patients, the patients have fears of needles, so they don't want to go with cortisone shots or if they have stomach ulcers and they can't take pills. Um, It's just, treatment has to be individualized. But a lot of times, the first step is to reduce the inflammation, take the strain off the inflamed tissues and protect and pad them so that you can still carry on with your life as much as possible and continue to protect the area until the until the inflammation and pain go away.
0: And does it eventually?
1: It can. But the problem is we're, we're creatures that walk on two feet. Yeah. So you get better, but there's also a possibility you could get worse as well.
0: Well, and that, that's always the scary part, is that despite all your best efforts, you think it's going to help, and then it, it may not. Are there certain exercises that people can do to strengthen their feet? You know, I've seen things where people talk about strengthening their ankles or stretching out their feet. You know, we know how you can do sit-ups to strengthen your abs. What can you do to strengthen your feet?
1: Actually, I'm, I'm the opposite. I don't feel strengthening your feet is as important as stretching out your leg muscles and hmm. arches. Um, a lot of times, we because we use our legs all the time, our muscles get bigger and stronger and tighter, and it limits the flexibility of our feet and legs and back. And as a result, if you stretch out your legs, like hamstring stretches, wall push-offs, toe touches, you tend to increase the flexibility and therefore reduce, your, reduce the excessive stress on your feet and therefore reduce your pain.
0: All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. And I'm going to go do a wall stretch in the next few seconds. I'm here with Dr. David Yee, the podiatrist, and he is helping all of us who's ever had foot pain and who realized maybe you need to get some different shoes. When we come back after doing a quick stretch, we'll talk some more. Stay with us. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training, and Kaiser Permanente. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm here with Dr. David Yi. He's a podiatry expert, and we've been talking about foot pain and what to do if you have foot pain and how can you keep your foot comfortable. Because, you know, there's a couple of things you can't replace. We have not yet found ways to replace our feet, and yet all of your body weight is balanced on those feet. And those are the legs and the feet that have to take you throughout your life to any place that you want to go. So, you know, there are things you don't want to go cheap on, like I used to do with shoes, You want to spend money on things like a good mattress for your back and good shoes for your feet. And as time goes on, your size of your foot may change. You might need wider shoes. You might need to get some inserts or orthotics to make them comfortable. But there are ways that you can help pad your footwear so that you can mimic what we used to have as we were all I guess ancestrally, you know, becoming humans, and have that little bit of shock absorption. Uh, Doctor, e, is that really what it's about? Because you know, I notice that for a lot of folks who come in with foot pain, they'll say I go barefoot, but only in my house. I have very hard surfaces to the floors, and if they get rugs, some cushiony rugs, and make their feet feel better they're more likely to have less discomfort long-term. Is that is it something as simple as getting shoes that are going to give you more cushion for your feet and that makes them feel better and be happier?
1: That's part of it. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that because we're so tight on our legs and feet, we need to actually relax those, those, stretch, those, stretch, those tight. Stretch, stretch, stretch. Stretch, but also the fact is the problem is that unfortunately literature says suggests that it can take six to eight weeks of stretching before it produces any effect on a lot of patients. So a lot, of, unfortunately, a lot of patients will give up before they reach that that effect, that, that goal. So as a result, what do you do for those six to eight weeks? And my answer to that is usually for patients to wear a, a small heel lift or a small raised heel to help relax their tight heel cords and hamstrings and, and plantar fascias. Just to make them more comfortable, at least in short term, until the stretching can kick in.
0: And don't give up on the stretches.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Stretching is a lifetime thing. Um, The problem is that a lot of times we definitely don't do enough of it.
0: And we lose flexibility as we get older. Yes. That's one of those things. We talk about people who used to be able to bend down and touch their toes or even get up off the floor. Absolutely. And now they have a lot of troubles with that because they're stiff or maybe their joints aren't as pliable as they used to be or their weight's a problem or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. It's harder for them to do what they used to do. Absolutely. So practice those things. Stretch a little bit every day. And you know, one of the things that I often tell folks is not just once- a day. You might have to stretch two or three times.
1: You, I, I, one of the easiest ways of doing it is to join a yoga class. Um, yoga is a, if you can, if you put the Eastern mysticism part of it aside, it's a great form of systematic full body stretching. And it's, it's, it's because it's organized, you can just bang it all out, get it done, and off you go.
0: Yeah, but those yoga classes scare me. I mean, there are people who can seriously bend into pretzels, and I'm just hoping to maybe not injure myself with a downward dog. I mean they, uh, do you do yoga?
1: I, I do a little bit of yoga, but not as much as I'd like, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that everybody is bad at yoga at one thing or another. A lot of times, people some people are stronger, but they're not as flexible, so they can't hold the grace pos- positions of grace. I don't um, think I've ever done balance. yoga,
0: and someone said there's a position of grace with yeah. what I've done. And,
1: and others, other, and unfortunately, others who are very thin are very flexible and bendy, but they can't hold the strength positions like warrior and all the others. So the only person who's really perfect is usually the guy leading the class.
0: I was going to say it's the instructor. Yeah.
1: So if you can get past your self consciousness about it, I think it's a wonderful form of stretching. It just and it's fast. It's easy. And um, you stretch a lot of things without having to worry about missing something.
0: That's true. And, and you can always try and do it in your home, but follow a program, yeah. follow a tape or something where they give you those systematic mm-hmm. stretches.
1: And a lot of times, um, a lot of the gyms also have yoga classes offered for free or at a minimal cost. So all you have to do is just basically go in.
0: Yeah, I tried I tried that once. Yeah. I wanted to sit in the back of the room and the instructor's like, no, come right up to the front. And I'm like horrified <laughs> thinking this is going to be funny for everyone behind me. And it promptly was. I mean, they were so polite and nice about it, but I will have to give that another try. Time to do some stretchy yoga classes because that's, that's definitely something that we need to do as we yeah. get older. So we've talked a little bit about knowing your shoes aren't the right ones, how to find shoes that are better. You know, try them on mm-hmm. and if they fit – that makes your foot feel good, then those are the kind you should wear. What to do if it doesn't fit? And you mentioned a couple of different options. Mm -hmm. There are some over-the-counter types of things people can do. There are some other types of you know, even customized orthotics if they want or things they can do. I often think if you ever want to know if you wear your shoe a certain way and what part of your body needs the extra support – Look at the bottom of your shoe. Put your hand in there. Feel where there's some bumps and ridges where you might have stretched out your shoe or there might be some areas that it's worn extra in that location. And then turn it upside down. And if you find that you're always wearing out the toes, then that's a way that you're walking. So make sure you get a shoe with a little more toe support. If you're a heel walker and you're always wearing out your heels, see if you're walking funny on one side or another.
1: There's a lot of different ways about about determining where on a shoe. Um, a lot of different numbers have been thrown around. A lot of different uh, findings have been thrown around. Um, so there's no one thing that works for everybody. Um, one, one option is people will discard their shoes after running, after using them for 500 miles. Uh, others will discard them after one year. Others will discard, discard them if they have a wear hole, a, a wear through okay, an if insult. you can
0: see your sock <laughs> and that's from the bottom of your shoe, it's time people it's time um, time for a new shoe I've actually done that, which is why I say it i'm like, what is oh oh that's oh that's my sock that's not good <laughs> so been there, done that, time to get new shoes um
1: another thing is also if the shoe loses its spring a, a lot of times when you you know it's kind of like buying a new car, you know it has that fresh car smell. Well, shoes, when you buy them, when you fit them right the first time, they feel nice and bouncy and springy and very comfortable. And as they wear out, the materials start to bottom. They start to crush out. And then all of a sudden, they're real hard and thumpy.
0: So like if I find my best perfect pair of shoes, are you telling me I shouldn't buy three of them to just have them just as backup pairs in my house so in case they stop making them?
1: I'm actually going to recommend that you buy two pairs of shoes. If you find something that you really like, buy a second pair. The reason is if you alternate them between, between the two pairs, they will last longer than wearing three pairs of shoes consecutively.
0: Yeah, I was just going to hoard them in my closet for like when they stop making my favorite shoe. So I shouldn't do that.
1: You shouldn't do that. Before. Well, you can do that, but you also have some considerations. One is that unfortunately in Hawaii... We, have, we live in a hot, humid environment, and what will happen is a lot of times it has a tendency to attack the rubberized materials, and therefore a lot of times our shoes don't survive nearly as long as they should. So they, you could end up with a box of mold and mush if you wait long enough.
0: Yeah, I don't want to wait long enough, but I do. I should get three because I have a foot twin <laughs> and I have a brother, and he has been known to wear my shoes. Granted, they're men's shoes, so it's probably better for him, but you know, I should get at least three pairs. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. We'll have to do it again. Thank you. And hopefully your feet will feel better after we take some of the advice. Try a yoga class. Do some stretches. I'm going to do both of those things. We'll see how it goes. Feel free to make fun along the way. (laughs) If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiopublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week. We'll talk more every Monday on The Body Show.